And welcome to a special edition of the D&D Character Lab. Today we have the author of the supplement that will be featured in this week's episode, Monstrous Races, which is a PDF that features all the monsters from the Monster Manual by Wizards of the Coast as playable PC races. We are happy to welcome Tyler Kamstra into the lab. Welcome, Tyler. Hey, everybody. Happy to be here. Well, welcome to the show, Tyler. We are very excited to have you here. I hope you don't mind the smell of meth in the lab. Is that all right? <laughs> totally comfortable. Oh, good. <laughs> That's a relief. Uh, so, so Tyler, if you don't mind, I'd like to dive right into this. What was your motivation behind creating Monstrous Races, which, for our listeners, it's available on DMs Guild for $2.99, which, for the amount of work that must have gone into this, is an honest-to-God steal. Well, that's a good question. Mostly it was just because no one had done it yet. I'm a third edition native and Savage Species was always one of my favorite supplements. So the fact that there wasn't anything like it in fifth edition yet was, you know, pretty easy. A lot of my friends like to play monstrous races. In our current campaign, we've had a frog guy, a rat guy, the equivalent of a fire genasi, like all these weird hodgepodge races um, that just hadn't made their way into fifth edition yet. So that kind of leads me to ask, like, did you make some of these in piecemeal before you decided to do the whole book? Did one of your friends say, hey, Tyler, can you whip me up a centaur? No, actually. Um, so I'm a moderator on RD&D, and a lot of people uh, new to the game come in. They're like, oh, I saw this cool thing in the Monster Manual. I want to play that thing. So at first it was just a couple of races like, oh, here's hobgoblins. Oh, here's goblins. And then I thought, I'm just going to do the whole book. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's, a, that's, that's awesome. a hell of an undertaking. Because <laughs> it took you a year and a half, is that correct? Year and a half, that's right. Wow, and Holy I love your God. answer that, that it just hadn't been done yet. That's fantastic. Yep. Yeah, and so just to clarify, how many monstrous races are in this book? Oh, gosh. So that's kind of a difficult count. The, like, top-level races, there's 228, but a lot of the individual monsters are broken out as sub-races. So, like, when you look at demons, it's one race, quote-unquote, and then it's a whole bunch of sub-races. So mm -hmm. if it's however many monsters are in the monster manual. Plus, uh, I added a couple, t a couple at the end of the book as an example for how to use the race builder rules. Holy moly. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Was there one that you, I mean, which monsters were you most excited to get started on? Did you oh, start gosh. with your favorites or did you start with A? What did you do? I started with the easy ones, actually. Humanoids. I went and did all of the humanoids first. And if you look really carefully at how I did the design notes on everything, you'll see that basically everything follows the same format except humanoids because I did them first. Oh. And I kind of figured out the process as I was going, and I'm super terrible at copy editing, so I didn't really go back and fix them. I mean, the, the notes are all still accurate, they're just not all organized exactly the same way. How dare you insult yourself on your ability to create content when you've created such <laughs> fun content? I mean, I think at that point, you let yourself slide on any little typo. Uh, well, yeah. I tried to be good about the typos, but I mean, there were some major errors in the first couple versions, but honestly, the DMs Guild community was super helpful catching errors. I had a couple of people on Reddit sending me private messages saying, hey, I'm a copy editor and I found all of these things for you. If there's one thing Reddit's good for, it's criticizing your hard work. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's um, awesome that people reach out to you too. Yeah, yeah. So honestly, one of the things that I really appreciate about this supplement is what you were talking about with those design notes. But we also understand that you are a listener of the show. So having reflected on all of these different races, which monster would you make coming into the lab, race and class? Oh, uh, let's see. So if I had to turn a monster into a character, I mean? Yeah. Gosh, well, 
No pressure. There's only like 400 to choose from. Yeah, I know. Probably something simple to start out, start out with, honestly. Um, I picked up this wonderful little supplement just recently. Um, oh, gosh. What was it called? Well, now I feel bad because I can't remember. How dare you? I know. Uh, that's the one. Microbes of Malice. That, yeah. <laughs> oh. Yes. Yep. Yes. Oh. I know. You're I one s- of the only people that bought that. You yeah. scoundrel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're one of like five people that bought that. So thank you. Well, it'll pick up steam. Don't worry. It's it's good content. It's worth the dollar. So Microsoft's of Malice. I saw it right in the preview. The patient zero feet. I saw that and I thought, I've got to put that on a bear. Oh. Awesome. Yeah. So you've got, you got a bear. You got natural armor. You've got like high strength, high constitution, bear, barbarian. Patient zero, you're doing strength damage and con damage at the same time on your natural weapons. Just just eat through people. It'll be great. Absolutely. I like that big diseased bear. What what would be his signature disease? Oh, um, something that just makes him look super frightening, like mange or something. I or love like it. Ba- or bear pox. Probably. Bear pox. Ooh, that's better. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a favorite monster? Just not making a class, but just a monster that you've always loved? Beholders. I love them. Um, oh, yeah. They're nice. they're crazy and they're paranoid and they show up in basically every good piece of D&D fiction. I mean, they're on the they're on the cover of all of the best D&D books. Always been a favorite. Well, and honestly, what one of the reasons that this caught our eyes because it caught the entire eye of the Internet. <laughs> so have you heard anything from Wizards directly about this work or anybody else noteworthy? Not a peep. Um, what? What? Yeah, really? I know. I was a little disappointed too. Uh, one of the one of the big selling points of DMs Guild is that you have the possibility of being included in official content. But as far as I've seen, that basically only extends to uh, the guys from Critical Role. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> we yeah. keep trying. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, if Wizards ever listens to our show, which they won't. We will definitely tell them that they should contact you about this book. Yeah, so so going off of going off of this, so you put in a year and a half's worth of work. Prior to starting this interview, we heard you typing a little bit and you said that you're working on some more work. Why three dollars? Uh why three dollars? Well, that is an excellent question. So Going into DMs Guild, I basically had no idea what I was doing. There's not a whole lot of guidance out there on how to success, how to be successful on DMs Guild. And the, yeah. the top selling products are all like $15, $20, $30 products from people who do this professionally. Like they know what they're doing. They've got decent art. They have artists on staff, stuff like that. Meanwhile, it's me with the official DMs Guild here. You can do this in Word template. So I figured a uh, low price point made sense. I wanted it to be easily accessible. And I mean, I've given away something like 70 of the races anyway. Charging more than that seemed kind of silly and kind of risky, honestly. And I mean, at the $3 price point, I'm doing pretty well. We're up to almost 6,000 sales, I think. Oh, I I imagine, I imagine that's probably the case because at $3, you'd be insane not to buy this. Yeah. (laughs) Good answer, man. I love this. You've obviously really thought out your steps here and Mm -hmm. it was evident in your design notes. I mean, your design notes, which we talked about earlier, are fantastic. That's something that just really helping me, you know, building my character for this week's episode where we created our monstrous race PCs. When I read the design notes of a couple different races I was looking at, that really helped me kind of wrap my head around what I would do with the with the race and really push it forward to me. So real one more time. Kudos on that. Those are great. (laughs) Glad you're enjoying them. So speaking of when we just joined the call and, and you were typing and, and all this other stuff, would you mind telling the listeners what it is that you're working on right now? 
Oh, gosh. Well, I've got a lot of projects that I'm planning at the moment, but the current big project is Monsters Races Volume 2. I'm covering everything in Vola's Guide to Monsters. As of this morning, I'm just about to start on Giants, so it's coming right along. I'm expecting to get it out sometime middle of this year, I think. Wow. <laughs> That's impressive. Oh, so I have to ask, since you're doing Volo's Guide, have you done the Stench Cow yet? The Stench Cow. Have I done the Stench Cow? I have not. Oh, wait, yes, actually. I started with the Stench Cow. Um, started? Of course you did. It's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, doing the original Monstrous Races, the assorted beasts and miscellaneous creatures at the end of the book was the most boring part because it's mostly animals. You know, they don't have any fun special abilities. Their stats are fine, but they're just not very interesting to write out over and over. So I figured sure. I'll just knock that out first. But, oh man, like, Oryx, super easy. And then Stench Cow, it's like, I've got a cow with, like, 16 BP. What am I doing here? <laughs> <laughs> I would totally play a Stench Cow. Uh, <laughs> as a druid, I wanted to become a Stench Cow. So you have a lot of experience. You've been writing this content. You're very active in the D&D community. You're active on the D&D Reddit, I think, which is an understatement to say that. So <laughs> you are knee-deep in these 5e mechanics. Do you have any advice for people who are trying to execute their own vision and write their own material? Oh, gosh. Yes, actually, I have lots and lots of advice. Step one, be realistic going in. Understand DM's Guild is a fairly simple tool, and the primary reason you use it is for the audience. It mm -hmm. does come with some kind of confusing legal complications. I actually put together an article on my website on how to write for DM's Guild that started out as, like... Here's how to not do something dumb in like three paragraphs. And now it's like a five page long article. Yeah, temper your expectations, be cautious. And remember, just because you don't have official expensive art doesn't mean that you can't be successful. The, yeah. cr the creator resources on DMs Guild are fantastic and include a lot of the best art from third and fourth edition. And if you look through them, you can really find some gems in there that'll really put some polish on your product. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. Some, great answer. Great, great advice. Yeah. So most importantly in my book, in your experience playing D&D, what's the most ridiculous homebrew creation you've brought to the table? And bonus points if it was brought by you. Oh, gosh. I've always been super hesitant. I'm like, I'm always very cautious with my homebrew, trying to keep it all balanced. I haven't gotten around to using anything homebrew in 5th edition just yet, except, I mean, my friends are all building characters with monstrous races. Um, I've done a couple of things for Pathfinder that were just kind of small balance tweaks. But we have experimented with some crazier homebrew that was found online. If you ever find a website, uh, dandwiki.com, don't go there. It's terrible. <laughs> Everything on there is frightening and unbalanced and unedited. And oh my gosh, one of our friends showed up to a table and didn't tell us what he was playing. And uh, third edition game, he was doing like 40d6 damage every round as like a 10th level character. And I think so our was... listeners are going to get a taste of that website here <laughs> in a, actually a, a couple of weeks. Garen, I think, comes into the lab with some absolutely ludicrous creation from that website so your uh, assessment of that website will be reaffirmed at that time no doubt now dnd wiki is obviously a goldmine of genius and i want to know <laughs> what what race is this and you said 40 d6 40 d6 that's crazy what was he what was the class called 
Pyromancer, I think. Um, again, it was third edition, so everything from third edition is going to seem a little unfamiliar if you're fifth edition native. It was basically take third edition warlocks and have them do twice as much damage and have it all be fire for whatever reason. And sure. when your sense of balance is take an existing class that is considered balance and double it, you know you're going to have some problems. Jeez. <laughs> the, uh, the biggest issue with Dan, with Dandwiki is uh, there's essentially no peer review process, so it's really easy to just throw something up on there and have new people stumble across it and not know what they're getting into. And if you're using Homebrew, even if it's something from DMs Guild, it's super crucial that you get an idea of how it compares to everything else you're using. Even with my own stuff, look at my races, look at how I balance them, read the design notes, and if you think it's going to be a problem at your table, Tweak it, nerf it, buff it, whatever you need to do. But balance is super important. You have more foresight than a lot of players, I think. Are you are you <laughs> usually a DM or a player? Uh, usually a DM. In recent years, it's been about 50-50. Me and my best friend are were basically forever DMs that switch places once in a while. We've been gaming together for almost 15 years now, and we've been players in the same campaign twice. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I'm usually on the DM side. Um, the only reason I'm not DMing right now is I have a toddler. I've got another one on the way. Things are a little busy at the moment. So, Congratulations. So of, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, so one of the things um, that I personally like about 5e is it's bringing in a lot of new players. It's bringing D&D &D to, the, to the forefront. You're a 3e player. What, what got you into D&D &D initially? Oh, gosh. I, I have maybe the funniest origin story. So I had kind of just heard about D&D tangentially. Like, I knew it was something that nerdy people did. And I was, I think, 11 and had a bunch of money from, like, babysitting and doing chores and stuff like that. And thought, eh, I'm going to blow all this money on this game that I know almost nothing about. So I bought the third edition core rule books, and I've been playing ever since. Oh, That's a man. great way to blow money, though. Yeah. Oh, God, it was so great. Um, Did you have to DM first to get people to play with you? Oh, absolutely. Um, I was the yes. oldest kid in the neighborhood, so I was, I think the youngest kid I've ever taught was three. <gasps> My daughter just turned three. I was hoping I could teach her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, start off with basic character, something that's not going to die super easily, and just run her through some basic stuff. It'll be a good time. It's, it's basically pretend with some extra rules. Exactly. She's got a great imagination. And she has her own dice already. She likes to buy dice nice. when we go to the comic store. So you're not playing a game right now because you're a family man and you're doing all this writing. Is that what's going on? Oh, no, no, no. Um, I'm, I'm in a game. I'm just not running one right now. We're, oh. we're doing Pathfinder right now. Uh, we're running the Rise of the Rune Lords campaign, which is pretty good. Um, strongly recommended if you play Pathfinder at all. But after we finish this campaign, the current plan is to do 5e All Monstrous Races. Nice. Are you yeah. gonna run that? That's the plan. Right on. You know, with Very with cool. six with six thousand copies sold, they owe you that. <laughs> you gotta play with your toys with you. You got yeah, all the absolutely. best toys. <laughs> this has been super, Tyler. Like honestly, thank you so much for coming on our show, talking with us. We really wanted to get out and you know, once we got our hands on this, we wanted to pick your brain a little bit about it. Where can people get at you with their complaints about how much you screwed up their favorite monster? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, gosh. Well, I'm super easy to find on Reddit. Check me out on RD&D. I'm the guy who's always answering the weekly questions threads. Um, comment on the DMs Guild product page. I check that constantly. You mentioned uh, your website. Where? What website can we go to, to to see all the cool stuff you're up to? Ooh, yes. My website is rpgbot.net. That's rpgbot. 
Got all kinds of stuff on there, uh, class handbooks, uh, guides for being a DM. If you're new to the game, I have a choose-your-own-adventure style solo adventure that teaches you the basic mechanics. Yeah, there's some other good stuff on there. Poke around. Oh my gosh, right? that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know what I'm doing tonight, so. <laughs> Did you, now I got a tangent a little bit. Have you read the Fighting Fantasy and Lone Wolf books? Uh, fighting, no, I haven't. Oh, okay. I got those at a used bookstore once, and I was doing that before I was playing D&D because I just <laughs> wanted to play role-playing games so much, and that was the only, you know, that's like one-player role-playing game. Yep. <laughs> I, that's it, Dan. I, I had I had to get that out. I know. <laughs> All right. Well, great. Be sure to purchase Monstrous Races on DM's Guild. If you're not one of the 6,000 people that already has, be sure to purchase Monstrous Races on dmsguild.com and check out our episode this coming Wednesday, March 14th, where we will dive right in and give this supplement a shot by building some monstrous PCs of our own. Trust me, you will not be disappointed. He's done a great job on all of these. Thank you all for listening. And just remember, it doesn't have to be optimized. Tyler, why don't you go ahead and take it away with the, with the closeout? It just has to be fun. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a good week. Thank you, guys.